What's up, fam? Welcome to the Bridge to the Heart podcast. My name is Rachel Oster, and I co-host this show with my friend Parshawn Behestian. And we are so excited to bring you this first full-length episode where we talk about how to be love. And in this episode, we give our thoughts, our experiences, as well as some practical takeaways and steps that you can start to take to become more of the essence of love, not just feeling it necessarily, but actually radiating and emanating unconditional love. And I even take you through an embodiment practice towards the middle. So if you're listening to this and you want to participate in the practice, I would recommend being in a safe and comfortable space so that you can really get everything that you can squeeze out of that practice. Um, and without further ado, really hope you enjoy this episode. And here it is. I had a question the other day. We could start with. Cool. Lay it on. How do you be love? Oh, wow. What a synchronistic question. I literally have been sitting with that since Friday, really. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I think it's very prevalent in the astrology right now, too. So, um, ooh, okay. Let's see. How do you be love? Hmm. Well, I think an important distinction first is that love love is not really a feeling. Like everyone thinks it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I feel love. I'm in love. I love this person. And I so I just met a man who he does a lot of plant medicine facilitation and ceremonies. And he sent me, yes, or what's today? Wednesday. So two days ago, he sent me a whole list of like Osho um, just talking about love and what love means to him. And it was all about being love and not necessarily feeling in love. And that just resonates with me a lot because I feel like my presence is just stepping more into that, like being of love. Oh, and it's such a, it's a tough question. Honestly, how do you be love? Um, and I think it really takes a lot of shedding to even get there, to even tap into it. You have to even just be open to it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people aren't open to it necessarily. Um, like even just thinking, being able to receive love, especially from someone who feels like a stranger, like for someone to just do something loving towards you, it feels untrustworthy sometimes because we're so wounded and so in our egos. Um, so how do you start shedding to get to that state? Or what is shedding? What, like, so to, so this is what it sounds like to me, like how I kind of articulated it for them. It was like, it's a state of being, right? Like what we were talking about before, like, how are you being, you know, what is your being? Um, and to get to a point of being, it's comes with the shedding and like, what is the shedding? It's, um, I guess, at like the surface level terms, um, and then maybe figuring out how to get there. It's like, okay, being your authentic self in everywhere, anywhere, any situation, any circumstance, you're showing up 
as like you, your authentic self. Now I'd say that is like being love, whether you meet a stranger, you're still, what comes up, you ask or you say, or you connect with, you don't try to push away those things and just try to leave it at where that conversation is, where like, I feel like we all inherently want to go places, but we block ourselves from going to places because we're not as comfortable as like expressing that. Um, to ourselves first and foremost, but then getting comfortable with giving it out um, to the people we connect with, like a stranger on a walk or even me and you right now, like anything, any interaction can come from a state of being in love or not being in love, be of uh, being love, I guess. Um, and that's just being open and vulnerable and, authentic but then how do you get to shedding that i guess would be the Hmm. the other layer to this yeah i think the simplest way i can put it is it's letting go of anything that is not truth because we live in so many lies like we are conditioned (laughs) by lies essentially that prevent us from being in our authenticity and authenticity just is truth it's another word for truth you're being your true self you're being your authentic self. You're being like, just be the word being to be you requires presence. Oh, wow. And I feel like this is becoming so full circle because when you have presence, love just emanates from you. When you can be in the present, be in love. It's what am I even saying? These words aren't making sense. And there's no words to really like describe this right now, but like, Oh, I I see it. I'm like just tapping into it. I'm like, come on, bring it tangible. Um, But yes, it's like presence being it's, it's all different words for the same thing, essentially. But like to be you need to, I think you also need to just relax. And that's a big thing that's kind of come up with. And I think it really actually answers your question. How do you be love is you relax, you relax into it. Because in like these modern societies and in cities and stuff like you know you you notice the difference of how you feel in a city versus how you feel outside in nature like mm-hmm. there's definitely a relaxing because nature is just a an, another pure emanation of love essentially and so you feel that and so you can feel the shift of like i'm relaxed because i don't have all of these distractions all of these noises coming in everyone else's energy who who may who probably aren't coming from love because they're just so stressed out and you know everything that's kind of going on with that but to really be love you have to relax your nervous system your body your your whole being essentially in order to allow love to really flow because love flows when you're essentially a vessel when you become a vessel for it and you allow yourself to be that vessel for it. Now, how do you allow yourself to be that vessel? Can you let go of everything that's not true? Because love is a form of truth also. Mm-hmm. Like love is just it's 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 the everything essentially. Mm-hmm. Love is an umbrella term for all of these other little terms that we have essentially. And 
Like love is truth. Love is kindness. Love is compassion. So it's kind of like love is the pinnacle. And then Mm -hmm. there's all of these little streams that kind of flow from it. And so we just have to decondition ourselves from everything that isn't love. And love also has many flavors. You know, it's not just warm and fuzzy and like, you know, romantic even. I love people put love in a box of like, has to be romantic or familial. Mm -hmm. It's like, those are the two categories, but that's so limiting Mm -hmm. um, in its potential because it's everywhere. It's always present. It's just, can you tap into it? And so it requires facing what's true and accepting the truth also and not fighting the truth. It always comes back to truth. It does. It does. So like, hmm, let's say, like, I, I don't, let's say like, I'm not fully aware of what the truth is, right? I'm un, I'm conditioned with all these um, constructs that have been brought to me externally from other people and um, these limiting beliefs on what reality is. Um, how do I start breaking that down into like becoming this being of love, the vessel that gives out and receives at all times in continuity? Like how does that, how do I start getting to that point? Mm, I think that's a great question. And I think there's a lot of ways to get there Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it started as a curiosity of just like, what's available? Like what else is out there? Um, I think it's always, I've always been kind of interested in mystical type of things like tarot and psychics and mediums and stuff like that. It's always fascinated me. And I think for me, I just let my curiosity go. And then it snowballed into having someone, you know, with my experience, just be like, you're playing small. And just, they just sorted me with the truth. And so sometimes I think there's a level of curiosity. If you can let the curiosity go, you can kind of, and start asking yourself questions. Like it's so simple, actually. It's just, you just have to ask yourself questions. Why do I do this? Why is this happening? What, why is this happening for me? And it's just, it's questioning yourself and your reality and not being complacent and allowing the curiosity to take you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the other, I mean, there's also rock bottom. Some people, they just, they're so in denial of what's true that they hit rock bottom and that, and then there's nowhere else for them to go but up, essentially. Mm-hmm. So there's rock bottom. There's just, you know, the gentler way of letting your curiosity kind of allow you to find this path or someone just really hands it to you and is like in your face about you're not being true to yourself. And they point it out and they, you know, poke you and trigger the hell out of your ego and send you into two weeks of crying and releasing. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Um, Uh, Okay. So like, well, I, 
as I know through, as I've experienced myself, there's walls, right? How does one even identify a wall where that wall comes from? Um, because then let's say I'm going through my curiosity, I'm asking this, this, that, I ask this question and I'm like, I don't know, what is that? I don't want to like think about it or feel it to get past that wall. So like, how do you start identifying these walls and how crucial is it to identify those walls to start, you know, doing the shedding to get to that state of being? Mm, yeah. Mm. Like, I think there's so many tools, like there's so many ways that you can start to recognize the walls. And I think the two that are kind of dropping in right now are really like one, having conversations with people and finding people that you trust who can reflect back to you that like, hey, you're actually not in your truth. And like, I'm, I'm seeing that this is a pattern for you. And you know, not everyone has that, um, especially in the beginning. And it's very hard to find those people. I mean, it's taken me many years to get there. But otherwise, I think this is where like the embodiment work really is important because when because when you start to think about it and you ask questions you you're, you're so in your mind still that mm -hmm. you're thinking too much about you know either the what's the problem or what's the solution or like you're not thinking about how you're feeling so you really need to tap into okay like this keeps happening or like i'm asking myself this question and i just like can't seem to make a change you have to drop into the body to see what you're actually feeling. Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling excited? Are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling scared? And then tap, once you can tap into those feelings, then you can start to ask the questions again. Like, okay, I, even if it's just like, I feel a knot in my stomach. Okay. Well, well, what is this knot? Can I give it a texture? Can I give it a color? Can I, well, like, what is this? How long has this not been there? Like, what do I feel when I think about this knot? Like, does it make me more anxious? Does mm -hmm. this not come up in specific situations? Or is it always there? Then you can start to allow the curiosity to flow again. Because it, I mean, I think it is easy to hit a wall when you're mm -hmm. being curious and be like, oh, well, it's not working. And it's like, okay, well, you probably need to drop into the body and feel what you actually feel in your body are you tense do mm -hmm. you do you contract do you expand when you think about a specific thing like a really good exercise that i like to give people now is just when you're making a decision it can be as simple as what i'm going to eat tonight do i want a hot dog or do i want a salad like which one do you expand or do you contract when you think about the hot dog do you expand or do you contract when you think about a salad like what does your stomach do when you think about a hot dog versus what is your stomach telling you when you think about a, a salad like it's so simple uh, but it's easy to forget to do those kinds of practices where does the awareness of that come from though because i mean like i'm i love hot dogs you know but i know what's better for me right but so is that what's better for me like but you're knowing I mean, so you're saying you know versus know you feel yeah so like how how do i get into that feeling like there's like the thinking and like your yeah your your brain and your heart right? so like your thinking mind and like your feeling body like your heart so like how, how do you start tapping into the heart or your body to like really 
feel that embodiment? Should we do like a little exercise um, to understand like the, what that embodiment is? We can definitely do an embodiment exercise. Um, it's interesting with that. One of the most powerful things someone said to to a, a group that I was in was like the 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 hardest distance to ever travel is the like you know whatever seven eight nine inches from your mind to your heart mm -hmm. the hardest distance you will ever ever go mm -hmm. um because it's so hard we're so conditioned to be in the mind and so it's really just a practice and it takes compassion also and patience to be able to tap into the body because most of us are so disconnected from our bodies that it's not like okay, um, I'm just going to try this practice once and then it's going to work. It just mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't yeah. work like that. When you're so disconnected, it takes time to rebuild those cords of mm -hmm. understanding and being able to feel it. But I'm happy to lead yeah, let's, some let's kind do of... One. Lead one, lead one. Okay. Um, okay, let me... Uh... So before before this, do I have to have like an intention or something? Um, or is it, do I just trust and have it come up? Ooh, I think, I think what's coming in is maybe we just do like a simple body scan. We can start with a body scan okay. and then if something comes up, just taking note of it. So, all right, closing your eyes as long as you're in a safe space sitting up tall or standing and just taking a big deep breath all the way into the belly through the nose and then releasing through the mouth just taking a few breaths here to relax and just releasing the tension with every exhale Can even add a little move a little movement if you feel called to and then on your next exhale inhale bringing your attention to the top of your head we're just going to go through and scan our body just take note of anything that's here. Maybe it's tension. Maybe you are more visual and you see colors or you feel a texture. Maybe it's just a knowing and just trusting anything that's coming up throughout this process. So bring your attention to the crown of your head. You can even ask what's here, but try not to cognize it too much. More feeling, maybe it's tingly, maybe it's cold. Just noticing, observing, really taking that observer role. And then moving down to the third eye space, to your forehead. noticing anything that's here and maybe there's nothing and that's totally perfect and 
And then moving down your face, noticing any tension you might be holding in your jaw. And then moving into the throat. And just focusing on what you're feeling in the throat. Maybe there's a constriction, maybe it feels tight, maybe it feels totally open. Or maybe you have a sensation, something's prickly, tingly, hot. Just noticing you don't have to know what it means. Just observing the feeling. And moving down, when you're ready, into your heart space. And just noticing here, what's here. Does it feel open? Does it feel closed? Does it feel somewhere in between? Is there anything you see? Anything you feel, any knowings that are coming up without bringing the mind into it. Noticing if there's any tension here, anything that feels sticky. Trusting whatever experience you're having. Maybe it feels emotional. And then when you're ready, bringing your attention to your solar plexus, right beneath your rib cage and your gut. Noticing what's here. Maybe it feels strong or weak. Maybe you're having something that seems random come up. Just noticing it, no judgment. Noticing any temperature, any sensations, any knowings. And then moving into the womb space, into your second chakra space. Even if you don't have a womb, the space is still there. into your lower belly. We can hold a lot here. So just noticing any tension, any resistance. Maybe it feels perfectly flowy.
observing anything that's coming up. And noticing anything that doesn't want to come up. And then finally, when you're ready, taking it all the way down to the root, the dantian, the lower seat of the soul. Noticing what you feel. Maybe you feel nothing. Just observing. Now, when you're ready, taking a deep breath in through the nose all the way into the belly and letting it out through the mouth. And then shaking it out, wiggling your toes, wiggling your fingers, moving your shoulders, and coming back to when you're ready. Hmm. That was interesting. Um, so a couple things, like I, I took note of like two feelings, I would say as you went through. And so when you went, when I got to the throat, I felt this part, like both sides right here, right under my chin were like constricted or felt constricted. Um, I was breathing, so they weren't constricted. Um, and then when we got to the stomach, I noticed like my temperature was like, I felt like my body temperature went up a little bit. I felt warm. Um, not like super uncomfortably warm, but I like realized the sensation of like, okay, like I'm a little warmer than I am. Um, so that was interesting. Um, so then with that, what, okay, so now I felt these things. So like, what's next? Like what else comes after that? Yeah. So with that, once you have these feelings, you observe these feelings, it's helpful to know, I specifically with this practice, like I pretty much just took you through the chakras. And so it's helpful mm -hmm. to know what chakras mean what. And so to do that kind of research, it's literally just a matter of, of Googling. Mm -hmm. What does the solar plexus chakra mean? What does the throat chakra mean? What is it attached to? And that's, I mean, it takes time to really be able to connect and like yeah. develop a knowing for what you're feeling. So you can, I mean, you can use tools like Google, you can do the research for like, okay, what it like more so what does this area represent versus what is me feeling warm in my tummy? What does that mean? Like you're, that it's not, Google's not going to tell you that because they don't, Google doesn't live your experience. Yeah. And so that's not helpful stuff to, to 
Google because <laughs> otherwise you just have to sit with it. You have to sit with, okay, what does this mean to me? And that's the hardest part of these practices is making the time and space to just be and sit with what comes up, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditation, contemplation, there's so many ways to allow yourself the space and time to integrate whatever is coming up. And sometimes it's a matter of something needs to be moved. Like if you're feeling constricted in your throat, specifically, like your throat is your voice. And so usually mm -hmm. constriction in the throat is around not being able to use your voice in some capacity. Or or sometimes it can come tandem with if you're feeling your solar plexus and your throat, it could be linked to not being able to express your power verbally. Mm -hmm. And so there's links that can happen. But I think if we're talking about beginning this work, I would focus on one at a time instead of trying to link them all okay. um, so that you can just get familiar with what the chakras even are and what they mean and why they mean that. But um, so there's lots of different, again, there's so many things. It's, it's all about... Yeah. You're knowing what do you, it's, it's about building trust ultimately with what you feel is right. If you feel a constriction in your throat and you're like, I really feel and like what's coming up and the, the thought that's coming up is I need to just go scream, go mm -hmm. scream, like trust that that's what you're meant to do to move any energy that's constricted or it's, it's not limiting the thoughts and the knowings that do come up. Cause sometimes we get these you know, things that seem crazy to do, like to just go scream feels uncomfortable when you haven't done this work. And so when that knowing drops in, it's like, oh, I can't trust that. That can't be right. That's not how I was conditioned to think. And so it's about trusting what is coming up and what's arising and without judgment and without denying it as well. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a, it's a, and it's a practice. It's always a practice. So it's like, yeah. Even if you don't know and you're like, I feel this, but I literally have no idea what it means. Maybe you're not meant to know for like three months. There's been so many things in my life where I'm like, mm -hmm. why is this happening? Why is this coming up? And then months or years later, it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Now I know why I was meant to go this way instead of this way. And so it takes a lot of compassion and patience to to, yeah, and and also detaching yourself from the knowing, like the need to know, because you'll know what you need to know. You don't have to overthink it to death, because then you're getting the mind too involved when the heart's trying to just bring your attention to it. And sometimes you don't have to do anything; it's just bringing it up that's healing. So mm -hmm. it's really it's all about <laughs> just listening to what feels right to you, specifically, not what anyone is telling you to do if you have friends and you have people in your life they're telling you you should do this or you should do that you should not listen to them <laughs> and go find someone who can listen to you mm -hmm. yeah like the goal is to listen, learn how to listen to yourself and that's such a hard thing um, i've dealt with it a ton and seen myself get way better at it and there and like depends um, people around you, external forces, it's, uh, it's really interesting. He, what started working for me with that, like 
boundaries on that relationship was just like internally when I would feel like, okay, like, no, this isn't it. You're just pushing and shoving this down my throat. Um, from a place of what they see as love, I would say. Um, because that's what I've like learned is that like they see this as love, but is love love doesn't come from a place of fear. Um, and that's issue. That's an issue. And I voice that a lot. And it's um it does feel more freeing on my end. Like it doesn't pull me energetically anymore when I recognize like, okay, this is like this isn't me. And so let me just put a boundary here and keep doing me like that's gone way easier but like to get to that point was so hard and it took a lot of hard conversations for sure um and those hard conversations helped i'm not sure if it's i think it may be helping the external like parents and other people who are telling you to do stuff it may be helping but more than anything that's important it's helping the self to trust more. And that's what um, I think is really, really special with uh, these things and trying to step into being that love. Um, Cause yeah, trust, it's uh, trusting and having the patience. And that's, that's a whole nother thing. Like having the patience within yourself to be like, okay, like, yeah, it's not gonna, you're not gonna feel lifted a little more after one practice, after two, after a month, three months, a year. Like, you still may not be feeling that. Um, and that goes into like all these other like concepts of things that I, have experienced so far internally through myself um like in a recent example i think this is when like i was like working with you um was that concept of like letting go and that was such a huge hurdle um because i was like it doesn't make sense to like let go of the external like it's happened you felt it like it's just you're letting like letting go of it doesn't mean like forgetting it doesn't mean like keeping yourself busy or distracted to not think about these things and i just like wouldn't get it i'm like that's that's not fair to me to just do that and that was a thing i was trying with for a long time and then until when we started doing it it took a while for me to be like oh so this whole thing of letting go is isn't letting go of anything external the only thing you're letting go of is yourself um and that's it but it's so fucking hard to do that or even understand that by then feeling it because it's like we're i've felt so constricted with letting go of myself and that's just for some things. And now there's so many, there's so many things that we have, need to 
figure out how to fucking let go of and it's so hard because it's like a lot of these things you're not even aware of and it keeps going and going and going but the practice has helped me a ton to stay more patient and which comes from like trust and all that stuff and staying patient helps me like the staying patient is a practice within itself, right? But then, and then so is letting go. And this practice is everywhere in everything as we keep going through life and trying to keep shaving ourselves um, back to ourself. And um, it becomes easier and easier over time. It is, it is simple, right? Sure, we could say it's simple, but it's, damn hard and by doing the practice it becomes easier and easier so i'd say let's say something took me three years to let go of um and the next thing could take me a year and a half and the next thing could take me like six months and then that could take me like three months two months and then it's just going to keep building down but what i've noticed is that it does build it and break it down and it comes quicker but that first stage of patience to finally get that feeling of like stepping more into your heart your body um whatever you want to call it um is i would say the most difficult because there's so much there to break down um and be like oh wow this was an assumption this was an assumption oh that's another internal assumption oh Look at all these things I've been telling myself to keep myself safe. But is that really safe? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, so yeah, that's it's really cool to like learn more about these practices to be able to be that vessel of love and let life like flow through you. Um and yeah, that's why all this stuff is so fun and interesting for me. And it fits into every single aspect of life. I mean, if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. But, yeah. And the simplest things are often the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just put a lot on the plate there. My God. Um, yeah, I think I want to I wanna share an analogy of like what... <laughs> this work is like because i think it'll help people visualize but like if you think of yourself as a fresh like block of stone like you are just a block as we are right now we're all blocks essentially we come into this world we you know we get conditioned and we turn into a block because we're just trying to fit into society and this work with every little subtle shift it's like you're chipping away at another little piece of you to reveal now your hand. Like this is what your true hand looks like. And then you keep chipping away and you start to reveal the arm. And then like, a, and it's rough. It's not like perfectly, you know, chiseled necessarily because there's so many layers to everything. Like you're never going to hit a point where you can not let go more. Like, it's just how can you continue to let go more and more? Because love is an infinite source. Mm -hmm. So 
if love is an infinite source in one lifetime, we're not going to infinitely let go necessarily, mm -hmm. but we can get closer to that inf in infiniteness. That's not a word, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that just that we can get closer to being a vessel for that and let go by letting go more and more and more. And a lot of times it's really subtle and it's such a spectrum like there's no you can't define any of this to one experience ever because everyone is so unique in their experiences and everything that you have to let go is unique in itself as well because there's so many layers to it so sometimes i mean there's been things that i've let go of that i i mean there's probably things i don't even know that i let go but i just i feel lighter mm -hmm. i had this i did like a workshop or a breath work or whatever. And I left feeling lighter. I have no idea mentally what shifted, but I know something did. And that's mm -hmm. the thing. It's like, and that's the hard part about, I think this path with noticing and even like if, if I can compare it to like working out, it's not because it's not physical and you can't physically see the changes. It's really hard to acknowledge the changes sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because you don't you don't realize you've changed until you're put into a similar situation that maybe, okay, you made this change or something shifted and you're put into the same situation that used to be triggering and now you're not as triggered. But you're mm -hmm. like, okay, well, what, how, how, what happened for me to not be triggered? And it's like, you just, you did the work. That's all you did. You allowed it to happen. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to know that this was what you were shifting so that you wouldn't be triggered in this next situation. Or sometimes we work very consciously of like, I'm shifting this pattern. And then you, you work on it and you work on it and it shifts, but it's, it's releasing this need to know, you'll know what you need to know, like past life stuff. I've, I've done some past life stuff and it's like, I did an Akashic records reading one time. What is, what is past life? What do you mean by past life stuff? <laughs> like like past life like past life regression work of going into okay my soul is here now mm -hmm. but going into where my soul has has been essentially and mm -hmm. so the different lives that i've lived in the past essentially and because my my soul it is so it's imprinted with everything that's ever happened to me and everything that will ever happen essentially because time isn't linear and so with even with that work, it's like, I don't need to know every single past life I've ever had and what happened in those past lives. It's just not helpful information. But that doesn't mean you can't shift any healing, any trauma from those lives. You just might not know what it is. And so it's releasing that knowing of I need to know what exactly it was that happened to me in my 45th life or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's just acknowledging and just letting it be really without bringing the mind of overthinking like, oh, if I don't know, like, how can I do this, this and that? And it's like, you, you, you just don't, you don't need to know a lot of the time, but it's, it's nice to know. And we're human. So we do want to know. And that's, and I, I totally recognize that. And I do want to say too, is like, but especially at the beginning of this work, it really, really helps to have affirmations. So using tools like tarot or oracle cards, or if you can find 
a good friend who's willing to reflect back to you things and who can do it from a place of love is so helpful to just affirm what you're thinking and affirm that, okay, I'm not crazy for wanting to do this, or I'm not crazy for feeling this way because there's so many other people feeling the same way. And also like community circles, like share circles are so good because then you don't, it doesn't have to be someone close to you, but to go and just be gifted by what other people are saying, whether you share or not, they're so freaking powerful. So, and even just attending those in itself can help shift or activate something in you. Cause that's what happens too, is it's not all about letting go. It's also about stepping in to things mm -hmm. and activating your highest expression. So you need, they have to happen kind of simultaneously is like, you're letting go of this and being activated to go this way. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's letting go. And then there's also activations and they can happen in conversations by watching YouTube videos, by listening to a song activates. Like if you think about music, it activates sometimes a specific emotion. Like there's certain songs I'd cry to every time because mm -hmm. I can just feel it or I have like songs that I play to make me feel strong and powerful or whatever so it's like these activations can also happen so it's like I think people get addicted to shadow work and focusing so much on the problem I need to do this I need to change this and they forget to acknowledge but I'm also perfect in this way and I'm perfect with where I'm at, because these are all the gifts that I have to offer. So it's a fine balance between dancing in the dark and also stepping into the light. Mm -hmm. That was a lot. Yeah. That's like a whole nother conversation. Um, For sure. Yeah. Which, which we will keep having. Um, but so overall, I guess, like, what is one thing? What is the biggest takeaway here of stepping into being love? Hmm. Let's see. The biggest takeaway. Maybe not just one. Let's do like one. <laughs> there was one, so much three. to take away. Yeah. yeah, I know. One, one, one to three things. If you know, we want to step more into a space of being love. What's the, I guess, proactive action to step into that? Hmm. I think for me, as my human design also states, as the <laughs> seeker of truth, mm -hmm. it's always, it always comes back to truth for me. Mm -hmm. And it's getting in alignment and being, I don't like using the word radical necessarily, but being so honest with yourself and noticing and just speaking to or writing down or whatever, just acknowledging that, okay, maybe I'm not happy doing this, or maybe I really don't belong here or I don't fit in and this isn't for me anymore and it, or it, it just doesn't serve. And it's asking, I think, a practice that I have started using that's helpful is, does this serve? Asking yourself, does this serve? Does this serve my highest and best? Does this come from a place of love? Because if you're in truth, you're in love. 
-hmm. And when you're not in truth, you're probably not coming from love, Mm -hmm. probably coming from ego or fear or whatever conditioning or reacting in whatever way. So it's, it's being so honest with yourself and then letting, and then letting go of what does it serve. And yeah, it's fucking hard. Obviously it's hard, but it's also incredibly rewarding to get to that place. Mm -hmm. Of trust and love and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Compassion, patience, patience, self, self self-compassion. Um, like something that helped me is like with these words always add self before because I would externalize a lot. Mm. I'd be patient for others, not for myself. I'd be compassionate for others, not for myself. Um, there you go. That's an awesome practice. Yeah, that that's something I would say too, is like recognizing that everything is a reflection of self, of you. Um, and adding self or being aware of that help has helped me to start shedding and being more love um yeah it's so it's so it's so interesting and fun it's a little game it's honestly a little game that hurts sometimes it hurts it go it takes you down this path and shows you like okay you need to feel do you or do you not um and yeah started chosen to feel for a good amount of time now and that's also like very freeing and I feel like that's something to also bring in to start being love but not necessarily like figuring it out problem solving like oh my god that that thinking messed me up for a bit too um because it was like this I'd have this feeling and I'd problem solve to push away that feeling I was in mm-hmm. feeling, um, yeah, yeah. We're we're too we're too harsh on ourselves. I feel like a lot of the time, and we don't recognize it. Oh, for sure. I mean, a lot of it is about learning to live in the duality that we do, and also the paradoxes to also be in pain and pleasure at the same time. Mm-hmm. To find the pleasure in the pain and the pain in the pleasure, mm-hmm. because you can't live without without one or the other yeah because we are set up to live in a dual society and a dual experience light dark yin yang pleasure pain masculine feminine everything but Mm -hmm. they exist together and without the other you can't experience the other one Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's getting that gets really deep and esoteric so i'll save that We'll, we'll save that for later but i feel like this is this was good for sure cool always the gifting the giving is also is always the receiving for me and the receiving is always the giving so mm-hmm. i'm always yeah. i get something out of every day yeah exactly awesome very nice all right rock on y'all Thanks, y'all, for listening to this episode of the Bridge to the Heart podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a follow. And if you're feeling real generous, then please feel free to give us a rating as well. 
And if you want to keep up with us, we'll drop some links in the show notes to follow us on Instagram, both the podcast itself, as well as Parshan and I's Instagram handles. So if you enjoyed, again, give us a follow, give us a rating. We love you and stay tuned for more. See you next time.